together. Well, the affluent world, folks, that we live in offers many different ways to minimise risk. We can insure our home, car, business, our ability to earn an income, even our life, to protect against financial hardship should something go wrong. Many of us can afford to build wealth for financial security through buying a home or saving for retirement. Even those of us on low incomes have received compulsory contributions towards their superannuation and from their employers. We can take out health insurance so that we can have the best of medical care if we fall ill. Even if we can't afford that, we have one of the best medical systems in the world at our disposal already paid for by our taxes. We can purchase any number of vitamins and foods that promise to improve our health and our longevity. We drive safer cars with airbags, ABS, EBD, EBA, ESP and SIPs. And our homes have smoke alarms, security screens and alarm systems. Now, none of these things are bad. And if you have been blessed by all of them, good for you. But I wonder whether the unrelenting progress of technology, coupled with the urge of the marketers to acquire the latest and the greatest and the safest, has dulled our sense of adventure. Have we accepted a life that's stable, sound and secure, yet lacking in a sense of risk and adventure that makes it all the more sweeter? So far in our series over the past couple of weeks, we've looked at fear and worry. And we've looked at some of the things that cause us to fear and cause us to worry But in doing so, we've also discovered that the Bible has something to say about both of those things. The Bible actually provides what you might call antidotes for all fear and worry. And so it can conclude quite confidently and tells us quite simply, do not fear and do not worry. It's able to say that very simply and very straightforwardly. To do so, according to the scriptures, makes no sense and achieves nothing. So in light of that, we're going to conclude our series by also asking a question about risk. And this might be what you might describe as the positive side of worry and fear. Worry and fear can stop us from taking risks and there is a reason why that's actually a bad development in our lives. Risk Do we avoid it at all costs or are there some risks and even one risk that is worth taking and that we in fact must take? It's not hard to see how fear and worry will stop us taking risks, risks that are worth taking for ourselves and for God and that will allow God to move more powerfully through our lives and in the lives of others. So we're going to approach that today and we're all going to get challenged And I've been challenged already about risk and about the possibility of us avoiding risk to our own detriment. Now, there's a couple of qualifiers that I need to start with right away uh, so that um, nobody sues me for what I say in this sermon, uh, just so I can clear off a couple of things uh, before we get going any further. One qualifier is not all risk is good. 
So please, I'm not expecting anyone to come to me after next week and say, Pastor, you told me to take a risk, so I went and did this, or I went and did that. You know, I walked off the top of my house believing that, you know, I'd claim a scripture and I'd be okay. Uh, So we need to explain, when we say risk, I'm not just saying to you, from now on adopt all risk and take all risky behaviours. I'm not saying that. So not all risk is good. And we need to qualify that early on. Secondly, not all good risk is guaranteed in its outcome. So there are some risks that are before you now, as you might say, that you're being invited to take or perhaps you feel you should take. And there might be a tendency at times to say, well, I believe that you know, God's in this and, and that uh, he's calling me to do this and it's risky, but I think it's right. And sometimes there's a tendency to think, well, therefore, it's going to work out like this, that, that it's, it's going to go according to this plan that I've got in my mind and therefore, you know, I'm not going to be worried about it. I'm just going to go and do it. But for anyone who's been alive for any significant period of time, you'd be well of the aware of the fact that at times the risks that we take don't go according at least to our plan and don't necessarily turn out in a way that we have hoped that we would have liked. And sometimes we can look back at that decision and say, well, I thought it was the right thing. What happened there? Because now this is happening. And the tendency is sometimes to say, well, I must have made the wrong decision back there. That risk must not have been right. But in fact, that's not the case at all. It's just that we don't see everything from God's point of view. The guarantees that we do have when it comes to risk read like this. Firstly, a verse that we used last week from Romans 8.28, that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. So we can be confident that even when we make mistakes when it comes to risk or when we get the risk right, that no matter how it unfolds or turns out, as it were, God is in the life of those who've said yes to him, who have received his Holy Spirit and who are marching through life on his trajectory and following after him, we have that guarantee that even when we can't necessarily see it, we know that God is working in and through all things. And then this scripture, which basically we've just sung to get... No, hang on, for I'm convinced. Okay, Romans 8, 38, there it is. Right. Um, this song, the song we had before the sermon basically sung the truth of this. Your love never gives up... Uh, uh, that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. So sometimes, and you may be keenly aware of this at the moment, you may be thinking, well, hang on, I took this risk, Pastor, and now this is happening, and for that matter, I don't know where God is in all of this. And we, we come to a place where we're challenged with uh, our acceptance of the fact that God was in our circumstances, that we took this risk, And we have to, at that moment, make a faith declaration. We made one at the start of the service when we said, it is well with my soul. 
And it's a nice little phrase to sing, but we're in a, in a time where we're questioning decision-making, when we're tempted to worry or fear. Uh, we, we have to make a statement of faith and accept that that scripture that's in front of you is true and the one before it. It's a challenge. And sometimes it's easy. I mean, when life's going fine, mate, I can read them to you and we can sing about it and we can have a grand old time declaring that's true. But when we're faced with struggle and difficulty, especially that might have come from our decision to step out in faith or take a risk, the challenge of believing that increases. We're really faced with a tough time to declare it's true, but we have to make that declaration and believe that God is in that case. So not all good risk uh, eventuates the way that we expect or plan necessarily, but we have to remember as well that when it comes to what we thought was going to happen or what we thought might, that God's thoughts are not our thoughts, that he is often looking into our circumstances and sometimes trying to bring about a different result than what we wanted. Sometimes we've got a list. I don't know if you're into lists or dreams. And we say, Lord, my life would be great if I had, if I did, and and we can tell God all about our plan. Oh, it's a good one. And God's looking at us and he's saying, you know, if you went down that path, your life will possibly be destroyed. And on the other, it'll be nothing like what it could be if you walk in my ways and and go in my plan, in my direction. So often what we think is good sometimes isn't and what we think is good is not necessarily the great that God has for our life. So when it comes to risk, we've got to submit, if you like, to that those two qualifiers accepting at the same time these guarantees about how God works through risk. Now when we talk about risk in biblical terms, we've got to talk about faith because they're, they're definitely together there somewhere. And in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, we're, we're confronted with this statement, and I'm going to spell out the entire scripture a bit later in the sermon, but we're simply told without faith it is impossible to please God. That, that without some sense of uh, expectancy in the goodness of God and in the truth of those promises that you've just seen on the screen, that, that we can't be involved in what you might call a pleasing, loving relationship with our Heavenly Father. That faith is required in order for that relationship to flourish. And alongside that, is the fact that in some way you are going to have to take a risk. In fact, (laughs) you're going to have to take more than one and for your relationship to flourish in an ongoing way, you are going to have to keep taking risks. Now some of you are looking at me and saying, oh, I thought my risk-taking days were over. You you think, oh, I didn't want to hear that. How could you say that to us? Because I've organised my life like this and God and Christianity fit into it here but it's a relatively low risk, not a high faith following after God 
And you might even think that you're entitled to it because you've reached a certain age or a certain status or you used to do this for Jesus or, you know, you served in that way and so my risk-taking days are over. But friends, we don't see that as being a permission given to any disciple in any way at any stage. That in fact, without faith, without an expression of risk-taking in some way in our following after him, that we is where we engage in the pleasing relationship with God. Now, um, I'm going to uh, look at this scripture a bit later. This particular one simply refers in the first instance to believing that God's there. Because when you believe in God, um, there's an element of risk in that when it comes to what we see and what we don't see. So risk is a is a hugely important aspect when it comes to following after God and Jesus and to uh, working for him. Now, I actually believe that all human beings actually have an appetite for risk, that faith in the unseen and that risk-taking behaviour is actually inbuilt basically into all of us that we are made for faith, that we're made for taking risk, that we actually develop and grow as individuals and as, if you like, a species by taking risk, and that as we express our faith in God, we fulfil how we are built. And I reckon some people are aware of this and some aren't, and that when they fail to go, if you like, in the, in the God-faith risk-taking way, that risk-taking behaviour gets expressed in lots of different ways. And we see this in different parts of the community. Uh, I've got a theory that a lot of uh, activity when it comes to gambling is actually a, a human expression of wanting to take a risk. Sometimes people think, oh, that's just greed. And I'm sure that's an element when it comes to gambling. You know, I want more. But sometimes people just thinking, you know, my life's a bit dull and it doesn't feel right. I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to, I'm going to risk this. I'm going to risk. And, they, and it, it, something in us responds to that. And I'm going to suggest there's half a, a truth there. It's just expressed in the wrong way. And the list goes on. People express risks by jumping off cliffs and driving too fast, the list goes on. Now, you know, I'm not sort of saying don't do any of that. I mean, just make sure you've got a net, perhaps when you jump. Make sure you've got brakes. Don't break the speed limit. But we need to channel this risk-taking inbuiltness in a particular way that serves a good purpose. And when it comes to our following after, after God... We need to ask ourselves this question. I got this from a guy called Bruce Barton. How is your risk taking for God at the moment? Have you been lured by the world's mantra of ease, comfort, safety and security? And, and I want to leave that quote up there for a little bit. Uh, it's, it might be one that you're saying, quick, get it off. <laughs> because... I, because it forces us to just look a little bit about some of the choices we're making or that we've made and, and how could we stand before the living God at the moment and say, well, yeah, I'm willing to take a risk or oh, I've taken, I'm taking this risk right now. What does that look like? 
Because if you consume any sort of amount of media, the the message is reduce your risk, you know, buy our product, uh, get our service, you know, protect yourself and shore up those, you know, your life of ease and comfort and whatever and and do this and, and you'll be able to get those things. And it's very tempting. It's very alluring. Um, I know as a young man, I shared a bit of this last week, uh, starting out in life, that the, the emphasis to you know, begin to build your wealth and shore up your future, I at times found overwhelming. And I often couldn't equate that with the growing call that, that was in my life to serve in, in ministry <laughs> And at times appeared very risky and certainly didn't offer, you know, great rewards when it comes to finances. Very challenging for me. And I've wrestled with it all of my life and sometimes I've got it right more than others. Uh, Sometimes I've really had to step out and say, I'm risking that to go in this direction. And God holds that invitation out for all of us and all of us have to... I believe, ask ourselves this question, certainly from time to time and maybe right now. How is your risk-taking going for God at the moment? What can we say that we truly put on the line for the sake of the glory of God, for the fruitfulness of the church and for the winning over of our community? It's a a challenging question. Now, what I'm going to do over the next few minutes is use the four letters in risk to say some things about it. And I've dug up a whole heap of quotes on risk. I don't normally use a lot of quotes, but these ones have really captured me over the years, as well as scriptures. And so we're going to be working through a lot of these together and and I want to put them for you. The first thing I want to suggest about risk is that it's right. So I've been building in this case already. Now, as I've said, I've put up my qualifiers. I'm not talking about stupid risk. I'm not talking about a lack of wisdom and that type of thing. But... I'm talking about stepping out of where we are and what we are doing and who we are to where God wants us to go. And building a case for risk being right, we see it in the words of Jesus when he says in John chapter 10, I'm the good shepherd and he defines the good shepherd as the one who risks and lays down his own life for the sheep. So Jesus is attaching goodness to the idea of him saying, I'm putting myself on the line for you. And he's saying that's good. Because sometimes you might be sitting there, you might be angry at me now. You might be thinking, how can you dare encourage people to take risks? You awful, naughty man. You know, And the, the, the soundtrack is so loud in your life that you've been reducing risk. You've been trying to get rid of risk. You don't want to risk anymore. But Jesus stands before us and says, it's good for me to risk and lay down my life for you. Well, are we following him or are we not? Brendan, Brendan Manning says, we risk for him to the degree that we know we are loved by him. It's an interesting thought. That as we are more aware of God's love for us and for the way he risked for us, sacrificed for us, perhaps we become more willing and aware and ready to lay down that risk. I'm going back now to 
Hebrews 11.6, and I've got the whole verse here this time. Without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. Well, yeah, I guess. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You see, if we profess faith in a God who the Bible itself says is unseen, then I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way, but you are taking a risk when you pray to the unseen God. (laughs) I mean, I'm assuming you're believing he's there because why are you doing it otherwise? And secondly, equally as importantly, according to Hebrews, you have to believe that he rewards, that he responds those who seek after him. Because if that's not true, folks, we may as well pack up and have supper. I mean, really, it's just not, what's it all about? I mean, we can listen to Sam play anytime. You know, what are we doing? So in that sense, faith is required to say God is there and he responds to the prayers of those who seek him. Well, I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way, but I want to suggest there's a risk involved in that. But we also want to suggest it's a good risk and it's a risk that is rewarded. Secondly, we read in Acts chapter 15 when Paul is describing uh, some men uh, who are going to go with Barnabas and Paul. Sorry, this is someone else describing that at that time. Barnabas and Paul are described as men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's stated, as, and, and he's not saying, and they're idiots for doing it. They're not saying that. They're saying, these guys are quality people that we're sending to you. Why? Because they've risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes when we see people taking risks, there's something within us that wants to say, you goose. And we we cringe and we think, why? And surely there's an easier way and, you know, they should be being more safe. And even when we hear of people serving Jesus in risky ways, our flesh withdraws and and we want to think, oh, I don't know if surely God wouldn't do, ask me to do that. Surely God wouldn't ask me to take that risk. Doesn't God want me to be safe and happy? Well, at times our following after him requires a risk. So this taking risk is affirmed. Again, this time it is Paul writing when he tells the church to welcome Epaphroditus... God bless any parents who have called their kids that in the last 100 years. In the Lord with great joy and honour men like him. What type of man is he? He almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for the help that you could not give me. This guy is a risk taker for Jesus and it's nearly cost him his life so therefore, greet him with great joy and honour. He's a, he's a guy, he's a person, he's a man that ought to be affirmed. So risk is right and the Bible points to people that take risks for Jesus as being people that should be affirmed. Secondly, risk is indispensable. This is the I. And here's a few quotes for you to mull over. One doesn't discover new lands without consenting to lose sight of the shore 
for a very long time. The important thing is this, to be able at any moment to sacrifice what we are for what we could become. And then creativity requires the courage to let go of certainties. You ever have thought that we wouldn't be sitting here in Adelaide, South Australia today unless some people left home for good or at least for a very long time. Australia as we know it today with European settlement would never have happened without enormous risk-taking behaviour which cost a lot of people their lives, I might add, at the same time. This church here at the Hills Christian Family Centre would not exist without a group of people leaving their church and coming to this place and taking a risk that this church would flourish and would be sustained. Some of those people are here today. God bless them for taking that risk. What about those at the moment the thought came to me seeking a cure for cancer? There's a lot of people working on that who will not see the answer to that prayer in their own lifetime. They're taking a risk that their entire life's work could be, in one sense, unfulfilled. But yet they plough on because they believe in the goodness and the righteousness of the cause. The list goes on. Those who choose to love those who choose to get married, those who choose to have kids, to invest, to move forward in ministry. You could put a whole stack of things there. In all of those ways, those activities are risky. We often sometimes move in a place we think, oh, it's going to be all right, it'll be fine. But those things involve risk because sometimes they cost and they're painful. Some other quotes are life is either a daring adventure or it's nothing. This is by Helen Keller, a well-known author. Security does not exist in nature, nor do the children of men as a whole experience it. Avoiding danger is no safer in the long run than exposure. It's an interesting quote talking about the fact that uh, there's, there's no real security in nature. I love watching the David Attenborough uh, documentaries. Who likes watching those? Am I on my own here? All right, there's a few hands. We've got a small group. We'll get together for a drink. Come round to my house. Let's watch a few together. And I think about, but, but when you think about it, a lot of that stuff is, is confronting. There's a lot of eating of animals going on in those things. And you think about those parent animals that have little babies that don't live. You think, the poor parrots. And, and you, you know, there's a, but, but somehow as humans we've got this idea and I think it's rampant in Western society that we're entitled to and able to create a risk-free, secure life, free from pain or any sort of behaviour on our behalf that might require us to risk for a good cause or the greater good. But friends, that only exists if it's even in your mind because of the risk taking that occurred in our history, including our fellowship here on Sunday mornings. We need to not think that we can avoid risk and that it even exists anyway. Pablo Picasso said, I always 
I'm always doing that which I cannot do in order that I may learn how to do it. Sometimes we refuse to be embarrassed by trying something new because we may not be competent in it, but actually that's how we learn to do new things. Some other quotes. It doesn't work to leap a 20-foot chasm in two 10-feet jumps. Do you like that one? (laughs) I kept staring at that first time I saw it. I'm thinking, thinking, the point being... you. You're either going to make it, you're either going to try the whole hog. You can't, some things you can't do in bite-sized pieces. You've either got to jump or stay. And then finally you have to go out on a limb sometimes because that's where the fruit is. Makes a bit of sense, doesn't it? Thirdly, risk is sharing the good news. Now, I've put this in here, especially at this Christmas season, And uh, I wanted to spend a bit of time on this, although we won't have too long. But sharing the good news is a risk. And we've got there the Great Commission. Jesus commands us to go and make disciples, teaching people to obey everything that he's commanded and that he guarantees us his presence. And when we open ourselves up to people about our faith and and try to share that, maybe you're going to take a risk by offering someone a hamper so you can talk to them more about Jesus. There's a risk involved, risk of rejection, risk of just, you know, it never working or something like that. But it's what we're called to do. Oswald Chambers says, Beware of the inclination to dictate to God as to what you will allow to happen if you obey him. All of us run the risk. Yes, Lord, I'll follow, but I'm figuring this is how it's going to unfold. Yes, Lord, I'll obey, but don't send me there. Yes, Lord, I'll do what you say, but I, except for this. (laughs) Uh, Yes, Lord, I'm assuming that if I follow your will, These things are going to unfold in my life. I'll never be at risk. It'll be safe. Uh, Don't you want me to be happy? And we can dictate to him. Jesus stood on the edge of this when he was facing the cross and said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. But he quickly followed it up with, yet not my will, but yours be done. Have you ever thought about spending time? What if Jesus at that moment backed out? It's just too amazing to think about. It's incredible. We wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be having this service. But yet he went through with it, believing that God, even in such a time, was going to vindicate him and move him through. A strategy for sharing the good news. I'm going to give this to you quickly. I've sort of tucked this into this message as the S. Develop friendships, get involved in people's lives, discover stories before sharing yours and God's and discern next steps. Partner with the Holy Spirit. There's three ways that we can take a risk sharing the good news and maybe one of those is going to present an opportunity to you this Christmas. Maybe as you go into 2018, you're going to be able to say, I'm going to work on these in my relationships, whatever it might be. Pick one of those for each of the people that you're connected with and see what you can do in relation to that. Finally, risk is kingdom building. Jesus said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me 
and to finish his work. Jesus has given each of us work to do in the kingdom and some of it is risky. Some of it requires us breaking new ground. Some of it requires us to move in a different direction. We have work to do and there are many examples here in our local church. Some of them are mundane, some of them are glorious, but there's a risk involved. You might even say that for some of you, our call to have a special offering in a couple of weeks' time is presenting you with a risk. You're immediately trying to work out, well, do I take part in this way? Do I give this much? And in some sense, for all of us, there's a risk. It's that challenge, well, you know, I'm not going to give too much because I won't have enough for this or I don't know, you know, what God's going to do or I'm just going to play it safe. But the higher we go, the more risk is there for us to be involved. That's just one area. The uh, hope and belief and dream and plan that we would one day have our own building for this church involves a measure of risk as well. That we're going to have to leave something that we're familiar with, that we know that works up to a point and then go somewhere else. What's going to be there when we get there? What's it going to look like? How's it going to unfold? There's a challenge there in that for us in that area as well. Jesus said, I've brought you glory on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. Will we be able to say that about our own work when we stand before God, when we pray at the end of our life? We need to know what our work is before we can hope to complete it. And then finally, we're told that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good lights, to to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. I want to finish with these words. Uh, I found some more quotes and I want to share them with you before we wrap up and have a time of communion. Only those who risk going too far can possibly find out how far they can go. Sometimes the thought of going too far horrifies us, but it's actually an essential part of discovering where our boundaries are and what we're capable of. Dr Tony Evans, a pastor from Dallas, Texas, I don't know him outside of this quote, said boldly, we we don't need more Christians, we've got plenty of Christians, we need more disciples. Wow, that's challenging, isn't it? I guess he means we need more risk takers, we need more people prepared to step out of what they already are and what they already do and, and do something different from the kingdom. A.W. Tozer said, The voice of God is a friendly voice. No one need fear to listen to it unless he has already made up his mind to resist it. That's where the real is, risk is, folks. When we say no to God, when we refuse to go the extra, extra way. Our final encouragement today is that whatever we Step, whenever we step out in risk, whenever we take that step, we have this promise that I alluded to earlier that Jesus said, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And then he also said to them earlier, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. There's that, there's that scripture again. Do not fear, do not worry, don't be afraid. There's a sense, folks, that Taking a risk for Jesus and for God, in one sense, is no risk at all. 
that really we're stepping into the place where the living God is. We're stepping into a zone where uh, Jesus is going to be with us no matter what. And even if it were to cost us his life, we still wouldn't cost us our life. We still wouldn't be separate from Jesus in that regard. Let's close our eyes and pray. Father, we thank you for the fact today that when it came to risk, you were prepared to do the ultimate. Firstly, Lord, when you created people, wow, that's a big risk. When we look, Lord, at how things have gone at times, we wonder whether you've ever had second thoughts about that. And yet we see in your word that you affirm the people that you've made and then you send a redeemer and a rescuer, you yourself, your son. We thank you that you took a risk for us, that you took a risk to love us, to live for us and, Lord, to give us a mission to join you in that same risk-taking. Father, I want to pray today for everyone in this place. I want to especially pray for those who have decided not to risk anymore, who have just had enough of risk and are determined to play it safe, who won't step out anymore in, in service or in witness, in mission or in ministry, and who have bought into the lie that they're able to keep that safe and, and they'll be safe in that place. Lord, I want you to encourage everyone here today, the risk takers and the, the risk averse. I want you to encourage all of us here today to start to look at what it is that we've been refusing to risk for you, what it is that we've refused to offer up to you. And Lord, I say, challenge us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Help us not to be fearful and not to worry, but instead to be confident that everything that's risked for you is worth placing on the line because you yourself have promised to be with us in that process. However it unfolds, whatever happens, you will not leave us or forsake us. So Lord, I thank you for building us for risk. Help us, Father, to be those risk-taking people as a church, as a community that you require us to be. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to ask our uh, communion stewards to start handing out uh, the uh, bread and the juice to us today. Uh, for those of you who perhaps don't know what uh, communion is, it's a simple little ceremony where we eat a piece of uh, bread or biscuit and drink a, a small bit of fruit juice as a, an act of acknowledging uh, the sacrifice and the risk that Jesus Christ took when he gave his body and when he gave his blood for us. And whether you've taken communion before or not, if you would like to acknowledge Jesus in that way, then you're welcome to take part today. This is not something we do just for our church, but it's offered to everyone. For those of you who have taken this many times, I encourage you today, as you hold those two emblems in your hand, to just look at them and contemplate the risk that Jesus took. It's easy to look today and think, well, everything turned out all right. He got a church. <laughs> but at that time, 
really, what reassurance did Jesus have that his death was going to amount to anything at all? What, what conviction outside of his own faith did he have that this is going to result in something good? He just believed that he was obeying the Father. He thought it was the right thing to do and he took the ultimate risk of laying down his life for that. I just encourage you to pause for a moment and to think about that as we prepare to eat and drink together. Folks, I just invite you to stand to your feet. Friends, what a risk Jesus took, but what a reward. The Bible says that he submitted to the cross for the joy that he saw set before him, that somewhere in that process, in that place, He saw the church. And whenever we contemplate risk, we need not be afraid or worried, but instead we know that we step into the great risk, if you like, that Jesus took. And we can step into the reward that he received as he placed his life on the line for us. I want to trust and believe today that as you eat these things, that something of the risk-taking nature of Jesus will be encouraged or brought alive in you, that, that you'll know that you can step out safely for him because he did it first, that he won the right to stand before us as our saviour on the cross by sacrificing himself. And that when we do the same, we know we enter into that same joy. So I encourage you now to give thanks to him and to be ready to take a risk as you eat and drink in Jesus' name.
kilowatt. I think it would be great if we closed our time together today by uh, singing a song together. The 